and welcome back to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times and welcome to the episode that concludes our series on the doctrine of God. This one is entitled The Glory of God and the text is Mark chapter 10 verses 35 to 45. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your amazing character. Thank you for what you have shown us in this two-week journey. Your faithfulness, your grace, your sovereignty, your power. You are a great and mighty God and you are a good and merciful God. As we look today at your glory, help us to say with Moses, Lord, show me your glory, show us your glory. Help us to be looking not just at the subject of your glory, but indeed to catch a glimpse of your glory ourselves. Lord, this is a big prayer, but we believe that it's a prayer that you delight to answer. So, Lord, come to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, Mark chapter 10, verse 35, and I will read through to verse 45. As is my normal custom, I'm reading from the New International Version. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptised with the baptism I am baptised with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptised with the baptism I am baptised with, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Well, the glory of God, what a a theme this is. But let's begin with a a question. What do you think of when you hear the phrase, the glory of God? Okay, what do you think of when you hear the phrase, the glory of God? 
what do we think of? Well, what do I think of? I might think of majesty, power, might. I might think of brightness and the word that is translated, glory, the Greek word, has within it um, echoes of brightness. We think of the transfiguration that has been set out for us in Mark chapter 9, just a few verses earlier from our reading. The brilliant, blazing brightness of Jesus transfigured before them, a glimpse of the glory of God. I want to say very clearly that if we think of any of those things I've just mentioned, we would be absolutely correct. Indeed, glory is closely associated with light, not just in the New Testament, but also in the Old. And I think James and John would be with us. They would have been thinking about these things when they said to Jesus they wanted to sit at his right and his left in glory. Probably they were thinking about the new heavens and the new earth. They were thinking about the coming of Jesus to inaugurate fully his kingdom, the places of honour, the places of power. But actually, Jesus talks about the glory of God in a different and in a very surprising way because it is clear through this reading that the supreme expression of God's glory is not what we think it might be, Rather, it is the cross. And the places on the left and the right, we think of the thieves who were crucified alongside Jesus. I think it's safe to assume that that's not what James and John had in mind at all. But it's what Jesus has in mind. For see verse 45, Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Where do we see the glory of God? Well, absolutely we see it in the amazing visions of God that are given in places in Scripture such as Isaiah 6 and Revelation 4. Absolutely we see it in the transfiguration in Mark chapter 9, but supremely we see it in the cross. As Jesus dies in pain and loneliness and isolation, as he is insulted, as he bears the weight of our sin in his body on the tree, physical, mental and spiritual anguish, there, there, says Jesus, the glory of God is supremely seen. If we want to reflect God's glory, then we need to reckon 100% with the cross. If we want to follow, we must take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. In the verses that we've read, Jesus makes it clear that the sort of ambition that James and John have shown is not wrong in and of itself. We are to have godly ambition. 
verse 43. Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. We'll come on to the second bit in just a moment. But whoever wants to be great, Jesus doesn't say it's wrong to want to be great. It's wrong wrong to have godly ambition. Don't bother about that. No, he affirms it, but says, "If if you are ambitious for me, if you want to be the best that you can be for me, if you do want to share in my glory, then you must be the servant of all. Be ambitious, but be ambitious to be the first in humility, the first in service, the first in cross-bearing, the first in love for others, the first in preferring others. It's God's upside-down kingdom. Yes, ambition. Yes, drive. These things have been put within us. Yes, we are to seek to follow the Lord Jesus with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our minds and all of our strengths. And in that sense, James and John are not wrong. But God subverts our usual categories, our worldly ways of thinking. And Jesus says, yes, be first but be first in service. Yes, be first, but be first in cross-bearing. Yes, be first, but be first in love. How is God challenging you personally in your concrete everyday life about these things? Very easy to hear a word like this and it seems too big, too powerful too different and we need to earth it in our concrete and everyday in a world where worldly ambition is vaunted where people step on others in order to get ahead where people want to press forward at the expense of others the challenge the call the encouragement is to live differently and yes to be ambitious but to be ambitious in the way that jesus guides us in these verses sometimes i encourage you to think of one or two people and hold them before the lord in prayer Today, I want to encourage you to think of one or two things in your own life. Something where you've not been following these kingdom values, these upside-down kingdom values that Jesus gives us. Perhaps you've wanted to get ahead and you have pushed others out the way. Perhaps you've even made a request similar to the request of James and John encourage you in humility and faith to come before God and resolve in those concrete everyday things that you hold before him now to live differently, to live in the pattern that Jesus gave us, to be ambitious, to be ambitious for the glory of God but to be ambitious in the way that Jesus sets out for us here. May we do so for Jesus' sake and in the strength that he gives. Let's pray together.
Lord, we are astonished, we are staggered that your glory is shown supremely in the cross of Christ. And Lord, we hear the call to cross-bearing that actually in the flow of the narrative has been made not long before for the first time. Jesus saying to his disciples, saying to the crowds, if anyone wants to come after me, he must must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Lord, help us to be the first in cross-bearing. Give us a godly ambition, humility, service, love, preferring others. And in doing this, help us to reflect the glory of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.